1: This hour of The Costa Report is brought to you by Tableau Software and Dole Food Company.
2: Welcome to The Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome members of our armed forces who are tuning in from remote locations over the internet, and also new listeners in the Tacoma, Chicago, and Boston areas. Thank you for being with us again. In just a moment, former 16-year congressman and presidential candidate Mr. Dennis Kucinich will be joining us to talk about the need for Americans to take control of our monetary system and right to privacy. But before Mr. Kucinich joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Dennis John Kucinich was born in Cleveland, Ohio, the eldest of seven children. He earned his undergraduate and graduate degrees from Case Western Reserve University. His political career took flight in 1969 when he was elected to the Cleveland City Council. Kucinich worked in several leadership positions in Cleveland government before working his way up to mayor of Cleveland, a post he held from 1978 through 79. He subsequently served on the Ohio State Senate from 95 to 97 until he was elected to the United States House of Representatives, a position he held for 16 years until early last year. As a congressman, Kucinich was known to be a hard worker and for his voting record on human rights, the environment, and economic issues affecting the middle and working classes. He was one of the few leaders to oppose the invasion into Iraq and was a passionate advocate for universal health care. He's also known for introducing articles of impeachment against Dick Cheney and George Bush. After stepping down from Congress in a move that surprised many of his peers, Kucinich joined the Fox News Channel as a political analyst, something we'll hear more about later in today's program. Mr. Kucinich is the recipient of the Gandhi Peace Award and is also the author of the autobiography The Courage to Survive, as well as the book A Prayer for America. It's my pleasure to welcome to the program humanitarian, environmentalist, and former Congressman, Mr. Dennis Kucinich. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Kucinich.
3: Thank you. It's uh, a pleasure to be with you, and I look forward to our discussion.
2: Now, now, as much as possible, I, I like to use this program to focus on prescriptive measures that we and our leaders can take. And just last month, you proposed six resolutions which could get the country moving in the right direction. So I'd like to talk about some of those today. Uh, it, was, it was interesting that your first resolution is to reclaim control of the monetary system. So to tell us a little bit about that.
3: Well, if you look at the U.S. Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, puts the money power of our nation into the hands of Congress. Now, that is the power that creates and regulates the nation's money supply. But in 1913, Congress gave that power to the Federal Reserve System, which is controlled by banks. Uh, I have uh, uh, put in a a bill, uh, H.R. 2990, called the National Emergency Employment Defense Act, which uh, remedies the... um, uh, the bad uh, direction that Congress took in 1913 by putting the Federal Reserve uh, back under U.S. Treasury, uh, creating a monetary authority which avoids inflationary or deflationary money supply, um, changing accounting rules that um, uh, so that banks are prohibited from creating money out of nothing. You know, you think about it. Um, We've got uh, we have the Federal Reserve, which created money out of nothing and gave it to banks. Banks have an ability uh, under um, a provision called fractional reserve, to be able to uh, create uh, accounting entries which actually pyramid the uh, amount of reserves that they actually have. And uh, they don't have the money they say they have. They actually are given the power to create money out of nothing. And so uh, this fractional reserve banking needs to be ended. And Congress would effectively uh, have uh, the ability to uh, uh, create money, spend it in the circulation for infrastructure and health care and education, uh, for rebuilding America. And um, we could create millions of jobs. We could pay off our national debt. We can keep interest rates down. We can end compound interest. We can uh, have the... uh, Uh, States involved in deciding where the the money that the new money that's created goes, and and we wouldn't, uh, uh, you know, you'd still have private banking, but they wouldn't have the ability to create money out of nothing, and then effectively have a system that's a closed loop for a few at the expense of the many. So this National Emergency uh, Employment Defense Act is the beginning of a whole new discussion about monetary policy uh, in the United States. And 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 finally, what I want to say that you know that what it does is creates a full employment economy, as a matter of national economic defense. It provides for public investment in capital infrastructure. It provides for reducing the cost of public investment. It retires public debt. It stabilizes the social security system. It restores you know to Congress the ability to create and regulate money, which was how the Constitution was written, and it would modernize and provide for stability to the monetary system. So I mean those are just some of the things that uh, the bill, uh, which is called the National Emergency Employment Defense Act of two thousand and eleven uh, would would uh, um, uh, would do and would would
2: impact. <clears throat> Mr. Kucinich, the problem I always have when I listen to you is my head's nodding up and down, and I'm thinking, who in the world would oppose you? <laughs> so so let me get to the heart of the matter. What What is the opposition? You're talking about taking control of our monetary system, right, uh, which uh, was relinquished in 1913, uh, yeah. and uh, now is designed to earn profits for the private uh, interests of the Federal Reserve, uh, and not for the not for the well not for, the, gen- well, not for right. the general public. I, I think we can agree on that. Um, so, uh, what kind of opposition are you running into? Why isn't everybody signing up? To say yes, let's uh, let's end the 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 relationship with the Federal Reserve and take control of the monetary system because after all, our debt national debt is over eighteen trillion right now, and by the next presidential election, we'll be up to twenty trillion. I remember when we were all horrified that it was one trillion; it had gotten to a trillion. Do you remember that? Absolutely. So, so well, what kind of opposition are you running into, and what's the counter argument here?
3: Well, uh, the, uh, the opposition, of course, comes from, from banks, and particularly big banks. You, you have to remember the uh, connection between uh, big banks and Wall Street is that uh, the banks, in, you know, as we saw a few years ago, uh, are involved in driving uh, speculation where, which Wall Street can, you know, profits from. And so banks uh, do not want to relinquish, relinquish control of the money system. On the other hand, uh, why in the world should the government be borrowing money from banks when the inherent power to create money uh, is vested in the Constitution and was given away in, in 1913 to the Federal Reserve? If, if the banks can create money, and, uh, if the Federal Reserve can create money and give it to other banks, uh, it shows you how, I mean, that money is backed by the, that, that debt that's created. Money equals debt right now in our country. Uh, that, that debt is backed by the full faith and credit of the United States. It has to be paid off. And so we, we are in a situation where we've lost control of our money supply to banks, to Wall Street, and, and Wall Street and the banks together are, are a closed loop, which appropriates money uh, on using, in the name of the people of the United States for their own private use. Uh, in the meantime, you have all these needs in the country that are being ignored. Now, I'm not opposed to a system of private banking. I'm opposed to them having the ability to create money out of nothing, and then uh, the government not having the ability to meet its own needs, which is exactly what's, what's uh, happened. So I'm, um, uh, this bill, uh, which you know, certainly is opposed by, by the private banking system, particularly the big banks, uh, would correct an injustice that was created over 100 years ago that uh, took uh, a central power in our economy, the, the ability to create money and put it in the private hands. It privatized money. So today you've got, you know, 10 million Americans still unemployed. You've got uh, probably close to 45 million Americans living below the poverty line. Uh, 50 million 50 million Americans going to bed hungry every night. You, you, you know, we had, we had all these bankruptcies, occurrence uh, uh, in non-business in, in um, a few years ago. You've got, we had so many homes and foreclosures, people lost their lifetime investment. So, you know, we have to... We have to get a grip on what is really one of the central issues of our time, and that is how is money created, who controls it, and whose interest is it being controlled. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, along those lines, uh, we'll come back and talk about whose interest uh, this serves, but we have to take our first scheduled break. When we come back, uh, we'll also look at the second resolution Mr. Kucinich proposes. You're listening to The Costa Report. love creating
4: salads as much as you enjoy eating them? Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Dole inspires fresh and wholesome dishes for any meal with their wide selection of salad blends and all natural salad kits. From the mild and tender texture of sweet butter lettuce to the crunch of classic romaine sprinkled with colorful shredded carrots and red cabbage, Dole has over 30 salad blends to satisfy every palate.
1: No matter what business you're in, what happens in Washington can make the difference between business success or failure. That's why understanding where government is headed is so important in today's competitive business environment. But where can you find experts who know firsthand the inner workings of our nation's capital? The American Program Bureau is your leading source for speakers whose experience offer unique insights into where U.S. policy is headed. Speakers like Seth Harris, former acting U.S. Secretary of Labor, Alyssa Mastromonaco, former White House Deputy Chief of Staff, and General Carl Eikenberry, former U.S. Ambassador to Afghanistan. For your next meeting or conference, contact the American Program Bureau at apvspeakers.com or 617-614-1600. That's apvspeakers.com. The American Program Bureau, making history one speech at a time.
5: What would you do if you found a pot of gold? Would you keep it to yourself, or would you check to see who needed help? Well, I've just found a pot of gold after reading the book Epigenetics, The Death of the Genetic Theory of Disease Transmission, by scientist and Dr. Joel Wallach. You see, I have loved ones suffering with arthritis, lupus, and autism, and that's why I'm bringing Dr. Wallach back to the Monterey Bay Area for two special events. So join me Wednesday, March 4th at the Elkhorn Yacht Club in Moss Landing, or Thursday, March 5th at De Anza, Santa Cruz. Dr. Wallach will systematically shred the outdated belief that you are stuck with chronic disease forever because it's in your genes to prove once and for all that your own body can be free of disease when nourished at a cellular level. So again, I ask, what would you do? Well, I know you'll want to join me for one of these two free events. So call me, Leslie Farrar, at 720-235-9223 to reserve your seat as space is extremely limited. 720-235-9223 for more information information.
6: Do you have a plan for your money? Does your money come and go like the tides? Do you just leave your finances to fate? Cash is always flowing. Money is always moving. And if you don't manage it, it will move away from you. So many people actually spend more time planning their next trip to the dentist than they do something even more important like their retirement. You know what they say, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Don't leave your financial future to fate. Take charge. Listen to Money Moves every Thursday at 7 p.m. here on KSCO AM 1080. Money Moves is dedicated to providing you tips and tools so you can manage your own money effectively. No one cares about your money more than you do. Therefore, you need the skills to manage your money. Listen to Money Moves every Thursday at 7 p.m. here on KSCO AM 1080.
2: The Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is humanitarian and former Congressman Dennis Kucinich. And before the break, you were explaining that private banks now create money, uh, which is also debt, uh, that the federal government yes. is on the hook for, and why the government yes. Yes. must take back control of that money supply because it doesn't belong under private banking control.
3: Well, that's right. I mean, a debt based monetary system where money comes into existence primarily through private bank lending can't create, can't sustain uh, a stable and economic environment, and it's proven to be a source of chronic financial instability and frequent crisis as you look at the near collapse of the financial system in 2008. And, you know, banks increased their value by lending imprudently, greatly inflated the value of bank holdings, exposed depositors and taxpayers to the risk of schemes like the bundling of subprime mortgages, we remember that, and, and they brought undercapitalized banks and the entire financial system to the edge of ruin. Uh, creating circumstances where, what do they do? They turn to the taxpayers to bail out the banks. I, I opposed that bailout. I said that, you know, we cannot pick winners and losers as a government. The, the taxpayers should not be on the hook for the games that were played with the money supplied by private banks. So once Congress, however, ceded the constitutional uh, power to, uh, in 1913 uh, to the banks, Uh, it contributed materially to a multitude of monetary and financial afflictions. If you look at uh, the, the unreasonable concentration of wealth in our society, the expansion of national debt, public and private, the excessive reliance on taxation, the devaluation of the currency, you can go on and on and on, underemployment, unemployment, all these things are tied to a monetary system which is predatory, which is closed, and which benefits only the private banks. And what my proposal does is it reclaims the power of the federal government to originate money, which is a sovereign power. And it, and, and it would, uh, under, uh, under the Federal Reserve System, uh, there's just private bankers are responsible for the monetary policy, and they use it for their own interests. So this American Monetary Act, uh, which actually is described as the National Employment Emergency Defense Act, uh, would create a monetary authority which would pursue monetary policy that would be based on a governing principle that the supply of money uh, in circulation should not become inflationary nor deflationary in and of itself, but should be sufficient to allow all the goods and services to move freely in trade in a balanced manner. And so, you know, again, we reclaim our sovereign ability to create money. Uh, within uh, within the United States, and uh, and the federal government, and uh, this would be United States money. It would be uh, at the beginning of an opportunity to bring about real social and economic justice in America. Right now, wealth is concentrated in the top, and our uh, flawed uh, banking system, which uh, the Federal Reserve uh, uh, spawned in 1913 with Congress's help, has been right at the core of so many of our ills in this country
2: hmm uh, We have a limited amount of time, so I'm going to, with your permission, move on to your second resolution, which I think is just as important, and that's the need to reclaim our right to privacy. In 2003, you and Ron Paul introduced a bill to repeal the Patriot Act, and you cited Benjamin Franklin's famous quote, which said, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety— deserve neither liberty nor safety. And I guess that's what you and Mr. Paul believed has happened. So I wanted to give All you an right. opportunity to speak about that.
3: Of course it's happened. We, we have seen a national security state arise, which has pulverized the right to privacy. Uh, the, the government has worked with uh, 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 private sector corporations to, to engineer backdoor uh, approaches into private information of the American people Uh, A um, a prominent uh, um, intelligence official said, well, instead of looking for needles in a haystack, let's just grab the whole haystack, just annihilates the Fourth Amendment uh, protection against unreasonable search and seizure. Uh, The sphere of privacy is essential to uh, being a human being, let alone being uh, someone in a democratic society. And so um, once the Patriot Act was passed, and I I voted against it because I read it, once that was passed, it set the stage for destructive undermining of the right to privacy and put us on a path to being profoundly anti-democratic in our practices. We, government has no right to, get into the, to pry into people's personal lives, to have information uh, readily accessible to it about every aspect of an individual's finances, education, health care. Uh, we, we need to reclaim our sphere of privacy. And if uh, there's a suspicion that somebody's doing something illegal, Uh, then use what had been the time-honored approach, which is go to court, get a warrant uh, for that individual. But don't make everyone a suspect. When that happens, a society transits from uh, the pretense of democracy to something that uh, approaches totalitarianism.
2: Isn't it true that uh, you could use the excuse that it's a matter of national security to just about step around any need for any warrant these days?
3: Well, uh, I, I think freedom is, is, is a uh, measure of our national security. Mm-hmm. Our ability to be secure in our, uh, in, in our person and, and papers and, and where we live to be secure from unreasonable search and seizure is in our national security. The uh, Bill of Rights is in our national security. The U.S. Constitution is in our national security. Uh, the basic principles which the framers set forth uh, uh, in founding this nation in 1776 that's in our national security. But to redefine national security, according to the fears of a few individuals who run the country, is folly. Uh, it puts us on a path towards, uh, uh, the, uh, towards rejection of, uh, of, of democratic principles upon which this country is, is founded. So, uh, you know, this whole thing about national security ends up being a racket. And it's a racket to, that enables people to get billions of dollars from the government, uh, actually a trillion dollars every year is now devoted to a national security state. And uh, that, while a number of essential needs are being ignored in the country, uh, practical aspirations of people for for uh, decent housing, for, for wages, for good jobs, are being uh, ignored. And so uh, this national security uh, thing is a racket. And, you know, we, we have created some of our own security problems with the way that we've conducted our foreign policy and that has to change
2: well John you was here last week and as you know he was responsible for the legal opinion which permitted the CIA to uh, do these wireless these warrantless wiretappings on US citizens and according to you under wartime conditions the president can authorize these kinds of activities um, which I think it's pretty clear that since 9/11 um, we've been at war. Uh, what are your thoughts on whether the president can exercise these kinds of wartime privileges even if Congress has not declared an official war?
3: Think about this. Uh, the, the, the claim that we've been at war, we committed war against Iraq, a nation that did not attack us. This was a war of choice. We've con- we continued a, a war against Afghanistan. Uh, that was a war of choice. We committed a war of choice against Libya. Uh, All of our interventionism is uh, ipso facto uh, acts of war. And then we use those acts of war, which we commit to say that, well, now uh, we have to restrict uh, freedoms because we're at war. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, we don't have to do that. We don't have to go to war. America has to stop its interventions. We have a right to defend ourselves. But our, our, our top officials have lost uh, an understanding of the difference between offense and defense. We had a right to respond to the attacks of 9-11.
2: I think but, that's but an important point. Things. We have lost sight of what's the difference between offense and defense. Uh, unfortunately, we have to take another hard break here, but stay right where you are. We'll be right back with more from Dennis Kucinich. You're listening to the Costa Report.
1: Have you checked out the Costa Report blog yet? Well, what are you waiting for? There's no quicker way to find out what newsmakers are saying than the Costa Report blog at RebeccaCosta.com. It's where the former CEO of Apple and PepsiCo, John Scully, predicts where the next tech breakthroughs are going to come from. And also where Trent Lott explains why a GOP reversal of the Senate nuclear option will signal real change in our nation's capital. And the Costa Report blog is where you'll discover why Alan Dershowitz is worried that ISIS is adopting Hamas-like tactics. You'll find all this and more at the Costa Report blog. A new blog is posted every week, and they're short, pithy, and tell the unvarnished truth. Just go to RebeccaCosta.com to get the latest blog. That's RebeccaCosta.com. And while you're there, be sure to register for updates and breaking news. The Costa Report blog bringing you the news the big networks don't and won't. This is Alan Lundell, a.k.a. Dr. Future on KSEO Radio. Ten years ago, we bought a house out in Boulder Creek. It was a gamble because we love to be around bandwidth and power. We found the perfect house with incredible view, but no bandwidth or power. I was very despondent. I was reading Wired and I ran across this uh, Silicon Valley executive who lived in the Santa Cruz Mountains and he claimed he had bandwidth. He was getting service from some group called Etheric Networks. So I gave him a call. Etheric put a dish on our roof and boom, we suddenly had amazing bandwidth. It's been 10 years now. We've been very, very happy with their service.
7: KSCO, residential special. Residential service up to 10 megabits per second, symmetric. That's up and down for $85 a month and $199 installation. With guaranteed minimum speeds and uptime, unlike our competitors. Etheric Networks. Call 650-399-4200. That's 650-399-4200. Etheric.net. That's E-T-H-E-R-I-C.net.
8: Hi, Registered Pharmacist Ben Fuchs here. I've been studying healthy bodies for 35 years. And what I've got to tell you may shock and surprise you, but if you listen up, It may change your life. One of the more significant aspects of prescription drug toxicity involves the depletion of nutritional elements that fuel the detoxification system. Like all other processes in the body, detoxification requires nutrients. The B vitamins, vitamin C, magnesium, copper, and zinc are particularly important for detoxification to proceed. And the more detox chemistry is required, the more the system is going to be burning through nutritional raw materials. In other words, in the presence of excessive medication, which the body must process as toxins, the detox machinery can become like a metaphorical sinkhole, diverting and draining key nutrients, keeping them from participating in the many other biochemical reactions that are responsible for maintaining the health and integrity of the human body. Vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids are not only key detox players, but they're also important molecules involved in providing cells with energy, protection, and as mechanical raw materials for building structural components of cells and tissues. The more drugs we take and the more they accumulate in the body, the more essential nutrients will be diverted to detoxification and away from vital biochemical reactions that are important for health and longevity. If these nutrients are not replaced via diet and supplementation, they can become depleted, and not only will purification and elimination of poisons be compromised, but so will the thousands of other biochemical reactions that likewise are dependent on the presence of these critically important biochemicals. Pharmacist Ben here urging you to go to kscohealth.com to order Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the Healthy Start Pack, and other nutrients. Nutritional supplements that I personally use and recommend. You can purchase these premium quality products at wholesale prices online at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. I'm the pharmacist that believes that staying healthy and strong is not only about medicine, it's about giving your body the raw materials it needs to do its work. Go to kscohealth.com. Make sure you check out the cool videos too. At kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com.
2: Back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, our guest today is former Congressman Dennis Kucinich, who was just explaining that many of the warlike actions we have undertaken in recent times have been voluntarily Uh, been voluntary. And then once we're engaged in war, we claim that unilateral actions like wiretapping are necessary for national security. Now, uh, Congressman, I've been wanting to ask you uh, about folks like Edward Snowden and Julian Assange. Do you think they were right to come forward? And what do you think should happen to them now?
3: Uh, Absolutely, they were right. And whether you're talking about Chelsea Manning at Snowden or Julian Assange, uh, there are people who ought to be appreciated for cracking this um, uh, intolerable condition of secrecy in America where the government's actually turned against the people. Uh, you know, and what, what should be done is this. Uh, those government officials who broke the law and who unconstitutionally uh, wiretapped and, uh, and, and pried into the private lives of millions of Americans... Uh, together with uh, uh, Snowden and Assange and Manning uh, should all be given an opportunity to explain to the American people uh, their deeds, and then they should all be granted amnesty. In other words, you have it transactional. The amnesty would be uh, accorded to those people who inside the government violated uh, the law and used their position to destroy the uh, right to privacy, and uh, the same uh, opportunity should be given to Assange and um, and and Snowden and Manning. Yes,
2: but according to our legal system, Edward Snowden would not be permitted to explain the reasons that he broke the law because uh, the, uh, the reasons true. are not a defense. Well, you, They're not a defense. Well, you, your your reason you, is that in fact the uh, the judge that uh, for first heard. Uh, the case uh, said that uh, the reasons are irrelevant.
3: Well, you know what? Uh, this is where an executive action would have to come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, a president has the ability to pardon the head of the CIA, to pardon the head of the uh, national intelligence agencies, uh, and, and all those who are involved in, in, uh, in violating the uh, right to privacy in America. And a president would also have the ability to pardon the, um, uh, Edward Snowden. Julian Assange,
2: may I ask you? Uh, may I ask you? Do you believe uh, President Obama will pardon Edward Snowden? And um, if so, why not do it now? Uh,
3: should he? Yes. Mm-hmm. Will he? No. Uh, th- this president has shockingly abandoned a constituency which supported him, expecting that there was going to be a new direction in America on uh, national security. And on, uh, on on individual liberties and away from uh, war, and he's taken the country in a different direction. So no, he's not going to do that. This would have to be left to a future president of the United States. Uh, this president has uh, has has been such a disappointment, uh, and and has uh, basically thrown his lot in with those who are rattling sabers all around the world. Has continued this policy of interventionism his call for an authorization for the use of military force against the Islamic State uh, would put this country uh, into a a glide path of a religious war uh, so that ISIS would end up claiming that uh, they are the defender of Islam against foreign invaders and we'd be playing into ISIS' hands. I mean, the administration has bungled one foreign policy issue after another, so I don't expect that they would have uh, uh, any uh, ability at all. Uh, uh, to uh, to see clearly a way to uh, try to resolve the divisions that have occurred in America over the issue of security, uh, because they're they're part of the problem.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, in the interest of time today, I want to get to your third and fourth resolutions for America, which are really important and I think get overlooked by a lot of leaders, and that is to make peace a priority by investing the resources and the effort needed to make it real, and to focus more of our attention on the domestic challenges that we face here at home. Can you speak to those resolutions for a moment?
3: Well, yes. Um, We think that war is inevitable, and we're in a war paradigm in this country. Everything about America right now is on a war footing. And of course, um, there are plenty of people profiting from that. There are, are industries who depend on a level of fear being created in america so they can be at the cash register and keep it ringing here's what i propose we need to make a top priority in this country to uh... have um, a a a a new structure which would enable us to show that peace is inevitable through education through teaching children at a at a very early age um, how to treat others to uh... Uh, why you shouldn 't hit another person to uh, respect mutuality, looking at the other person as an aspect of oneself the the violence that we have in a macrocosm begins in a microcosm. It begins with instincts that we 're told well we 're you know people are just innately violent we 're not uh, violence is learned, uh, so is nonviolence learned so we need to teach actively teach principles of nonviolence at the earliest age, and we need to uh, then. Uh, engage in a very constructive way, non-judgmental, in addressing the issues of domestic violence. Uh, It's it's, it's too late when you're at the morgue uh, to address the the seeds and the roots of of domestic violence. We need to have uh, programs and education early on to deal with domestic violence, spousal abuse, violence in the school, gang violence, gun violence, racial violence, violence against gays, all the types of symptomatologies in our society which we accept as being commonplace and say it can't change. We need to change. We need to tap our capacities for evolutionary change within each of us and to create systems which support that impulse. We're not doing that right now. The only systems we have are those that uh, are, are reactive, incarcerative, and uh, a punitive, without giving people a chance to grow from the earliest age. So I'm really looking at a transformative approach towards dealing with violence in a society uh, and, and, you know, through education, through the schools, through community groups, through support groups, which help people deal with their problems and emotional problems, which become even more... Uh, difficult in, in tough economic times.
2: What do you, so, what do you, you know, say there's... to people who say all you have to do is turn on the nature channel to see that violence is a part of the natural living world? Uh, but, of course, in nature, it's reserved for the pursuit of food or to defend from immediate danger um, because violence involves a risk of injury. Animals are pretty careful to avoid that prospect. Um, I can't say that for human beings. We've developed these amazingly rational brains, but uh, we don't seem to be... Be on course to uh, use that first.
3: Well, you know, the, the, um, the answer is love. This is a capacity that each of us has, and we need to, we need to tap that. We need to tap our, our abilities to be able to uh, see each other uh, in our innate equality, to in our innate humanity, to be able to, to understand that each person's on a journey that can be difficult, and uh, that doesn't mean that, that you overlook those people who are, are sociopath or psychopathic and need uh, uh, institutional assistance, mm-hmm. but it does mean that that we need to call on our on the what Lincoln would uh, term the angels of our better uh, nature to uh, tap our our capacity to move from uh, conditions where we're mired in um, in hate.
2: Yes, Edward Wilson calls those the higher instruments of our genetic inheritance. But I I think those are the science words he uses to say love, (laughs) love and tolerance. Uh, Absolutely. Um, Now, we're going to have to take another short break. When we come back, um, I'd like to talk to you about the fact that pure deduction would say that if you're spending all of your treasure on war weapons and security and and none on peace, that peace isn't likely to happen and uh, that certainly seems to be the history the modern history here in our country so we're going to go take our last break but stay right where you are we'll be back after these important messages from our sponsors you're listening to the costa report I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, and I have a question for you, Scott. What goes into making Method Champenois bubble?
7: You know, it's a process that's really defined by the French government that we've taken and enacted into our wines, which really drive the quality of our sparkling project.
2: So this is a process that the French government defines pretty specifically, and you remain faithful to that.
7: Yeah, 100 percent, and in some places we push it a little bit.
2: Now, how do the bubbles translate on the palate?
7: You know, it really gives you that vehicle, that mousse for the character of the sparkling wine, carrying the fruit and the complexity. It's the expression of the wine. To find out more about Caraccioli Wines, visit us at www.caracciolicellars.com or stop by our tasting room in downtown Carmel, California. That's Caraccioli Cellars, C-A-R-A-C-C-I-O-L-I. Cellars, come taste the difference. Next time you fly, join
1: the over 400,000 people who fly every year in and out of the Monterey Regional Airport. America's most convenient airport offers over 11,000 flights each year with direct flights to San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, Las Vegas, and Phoenix. And now is the perfect time to book your nonstop flights to Phoenix for San Francisco Giants spring training in Arizona. Just minutes from home, choose America's most convenient
7: airport and fly from the Monterey Regional Airport.
0: Not available in California, Louisiana, and Virginia.
7: Are you looking for the next big thing in franchising? Then listen up, because right now you can get in on the ground floor of a $30 billion industry. Everybody's talking health food. The days of cheeseburger lunches and candy bar snacks are over. Today, people want fresh salads, wraps, gluten-free meals, and cold-pressed juices, and more, which is why Fresh Healthy Vending has introduced the Fresh Micro Market. Our brand-new, fully automated, high-tech Fresh Micro Markets are what every business wants for their break rooms, lobbies, and common areas. And that means opportunity for you. As a franchise owner, this is your chance to create a stream of income that will pay you for years. Industry experts call Micromarkets the future of vending, and Entrepreneur Magazine just ranked Fresh Healthy Vending as the number one vending franchise in the U.S. We currently have premier high-traffic locations available in your area, so add now. Right now during February, Fresh Healthy Micromarkets is offering half off your franchise fees. To get this special half-off deal, go to www.freshmicromarket.com and enter code 2525. That's freshmicromarket.com, 2525. The best locations will fill up fast. Freshmicromarket.com, promo code 2525. The challenge, the exhilaration, and the struggle of opening a business in Santa Cruz. Hi, this is Matthew Swinnerton from the Think Local First radio show. Join me every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock on KSCO. Each week, we will introduce you to three local business owners that are making an impact on our community. Wait to hear what some of these business owners have to say. So tune in every Saturday, 2 to 3 o'clock, on your local news station, KSCO.
2: Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Dennis Kucinich. And before the break, I mentioned that we seem to be investing a great deal of our treasure on war and weapons. But if we don't make any investments in peace, how, how are we going to get there? I mean, how, how do we turn this situation around?
3: Well, here's how you turn it around. The U.S. Um, national um, Security Strategy of interventionism has to end. Um, the, we've never really assessed the cost of our interventions as of late. Uh, some would say that Iraq and Afghanistan will exceed over $6 trillion, uh, that the uh, war in uh, Libya, billions of dollars, uh, that the, uh, engaging the Islamic State, which is not a threat on, on, on U.S. soil, uh, would cost hundreds of billions uh, of dollars. Um, we, have to, we have to decide what America's role is in the world. We, I believe, are a nation among nations. We cannot be a nation above nations. We cannot be the policeman of the world. We cannot intervene every time we see trouble anywhere in the world. That is not our role. And that also means that we scale down U- the, the U.S. presence. The hundreds of bases that we have around the world need to be closed. We don't need to, you know, any more than China would be welcome to have a base uh, inside uh, Canada or Mexico. Uh, we we do not have a right, uh, nor a purpose uh, that is that, that is sane to uh, have uh, military bases in uh, uh, far flung places in the globe. We need to come home, and and we need to stop. The extraordinary amount of money that's spent for arms buildups and the privatization of the military, which causes people to actually be invested in higher and higher intent uh, uh, intelligence or, 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 or defense uh, spending. It's not even defense; it's an offensive spending. We have an obligation to defend America. No question about that. It's a it's a it's a given right, but it's been distorted, and it's been distorted by people who are making money off of it, and we have to stop wars as a racket. If we have to stop war, war's going war's, war's to stop us. And so America really needs to take a new direction here. We need to get out of the post-9-11 uh, mentality, which was foisted on the American people by a government which lied to the American people in pursuit of greater power and extending an American imperium. That has to stop. Humanitarian intervention is an oxymoron. It's a cover for regime change and you know when you look at what happened in in libya when you look at what happened in iraq and and afghanistan you have a clear indication that America has to take a new direction. We cannot keep doing what we're doing. Otherwise, we're going to destroy our country from within.
2: Now, along those lines, let's talk about uh, one of the other resolutions that you propose. Uh, You recommend establishing a U.S. Commission on Truth and Reconciliation. Uh, Tell us about your reasons for this. And and more importantly, who would be on that commission? I'm curious to hear who you you would uh, put on there, because obviously we wouldn't have people in the government on that commission, I, I would think.
3: Well, you, you, they could, you, know, you could have people who, who would be in the government and people who would be in the private sector. Uh, there would be people who, who want America to take a new direction who, and who are, uh, are interested in the cause of, of justice, which is served by truth. Uh, the whole idea of truth and reconciliation is this. To let people know actually what happened to look at Iraq and to understand that people, that the American people were lied to, to bring forward the people who told the lies, to get them to explain their frame of mind and to give them a chance to tell the but truth. But you need this commission
2: to be neutral, politically neutral, where they have no vested party interest, don't you?
3: Well, you know, look, we, we, we have a uh, two-party and hopefully someday a multi-party system, which... Uh, uh, which uh, is what it is, and we, we need to, within this system, we have the capacity of bringing people of goodwill together to uh, try to clean up the messes that were created. This is all about seeking truth, and then once the truth is brought forward, then we reconcile, then the divisions that have occurred in American society over the past decade can be healed. This is about healing America. It's, it's not just a political mission, it's a spiritual mission Absolutely, as well. but
2: the most yeah. important thing about a commission on truth and reconciliation is that they're believable. They have to be well, believable. They have to be credible. Otherwise, there's, okay. there's, well, no, yeah, th- there's no purpose well, no, for wait. it. It becomes I'm just another government uh, charade, doesn't
3: it? Well, no, because uh, we're talking about what would be a new, uh, would be a departure in the United States. When you look at South Africa, how they had to actually explore uh, the history of apartheid and the cruel structures that were set up to justify it. And, and in doing so, created a, a clearing and moved, moved open a space in South African history. Um, Americans need to know the history of what actually happened. And once we know the truth, you know, it's said that if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. Then we'll be free from the hobgoblins of... Uh, of 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 invented uh, policies that are aimed at keeping people fearful keeping people uh... uh... easily controlled this is a time for us as americans to start to reimagine who we are as a country and not be locked in to a condition where we're all fearful and we're we're ready to swallow anything that uh... washington dc sends our way uh, our government's out of control right now and, and the people don't know the truth half the time people are being lied to and they're just nodding their head without giving any thought as to what they're being told. Why? Look, I served 16 years in Congress. I know the kind of lies that are told on a monstrous level. And that's why I proposed a commission for truth and reconciliation and a membership of it can be worked out. Your caution is well taken. Uh, there's no reason why we can't get people who, who will represent a spectrum of America. But, uh, you know, if we can't do it, if America can't do that what does that say about us if we're not even capable of a search of an honest search for the truth and then once we have the truth to be able to move on to reconciling and creating peace among ourselves as a nation this is a great country but people uh, you know have a limited ability to keep living in a lie Yes. uh, Well,
2: they they don't have time to go seeking the truth. I mean, many families are working two, three jobs just to keep food on the table and their kids in school. They don't, you know, putting the burden of getting through all the propaganda, uh, the complexity itself, and trying to get to the truth. Putting that burden on the American people, I think it's just unrealistic. They, they, we simply don't have the hours in the day to sort through all those haystacks to get to those needles. I, I, I
3: disagree. I disagree with you. I mean, you think about it from our own perspective how important the search for truth is in, in the life, is. life of each one of us, as an individual. We want to know exactly what's going on. We want people to be level with us. We want those whom we love in our lives to be able to tell us actually what's going on and not be deceptive. When that, when the deception raises to the level of leaders who are deceiving a nation, the people want to know. If, if we're able to break through the lies that are told and really come to the truth of what America has done and what America's potential is, it frees up everybody. I agree
2: with discourse. you. I I am not disagreeing with you. We're we're sounding like we're okay, disagreeing, but we're not. I'm agreeing with you. This commission on truth and reconciliation would be a wonderful thing. Uh, be, what I am simply saying is, is I think for the America average American citizen, uh, the hunt for the truth is a uh, is is a very very difficult thing to do. I'm not sure. saying we shouldn't. I'm saying so, that if course. we had no, this right. commission, then we would have a source, a reliable source that we could go to for the facts and uh, and, I, and I do support that and I want to make it clear that I support you in this commission on truth and reconciliation. I think it's a fabulous idea. Now um, before we run out of time today do you have a website where listeners can go to get more information and also keep track of your activities?
3: Uh, yes, um, uh, people can go to com mm-hmm. and sign up and if you sign up now uh... i'll be soon sending a uh... open letter to members of congress uh... On reasons why congress should reject the request for their authorization of the use of military force against the islamic state if people go and sign up i'll make sure that anybody who's signed up will uh... get a copy of the letter that's being sent and we're we're going to really mo- uh, work to mobilize people to Challenge this uh... Abil- this willingness to take america into still another war it's it's like we haven't had enough war we need another one and uh... I, and i want to say well well, we're on it uh... that uh... there is no credible intelligence information that says that uh, the uh, islamic state is a terror threat to, to to u.s soil we have to stop creating these uh, conditions where we're willing to take war everywhere. We've got to play this a different way, not get drawn into religious war, and uh, which would bring jihadis in from all over the world to ISIS ranks.
2: Well, that is all Again. the time that we have left today. But before we say goodbye, I do want to take this opportunity to thank you and also your lovely wife for your service to our country. Thank you, Mr. Kucinich.
3: Thank you. Bye now.
2: If your station is leaving us after the first hour and you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with Dennis Kucinich, you can email me at RebeccaCosta.com or drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And now stay tuned for another hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to the Costa Report.